Welcome to the Aspiring High Performers Podcast, the show where we embrace both the challenges and the beauty of our high performance journeys and aspirations. I am your host, Sanna Koyanen, a former professional athlete from Finland who is now guiding others to excel through mental performance coaching and breathwork in Denver, Colorado. And together, we are on a mission to achieve greatness without compromising our well-being or happiness anymore. So join me as we connect with experts, thought leaders, and inspiring individuals from the worlds of sports and high performance. We will uncover the stories, tools, and insights needed to craft and improve our own high-performance lifestyles. So get ready, because this journey promises to be both enlightening and enjoyable. Welcome to the Aspiring High Performers Podcast. In today's episode, we are diving into an honest and inspiring conversation that took place on Instagram with the extraordinary Kristen Nuss, a professional beach volleyball player. So if you hear some connection issues, that's why it's Instagram, it's not us, it's not you, but bear with us though, and let's not let that disturb us from this gem of a discussion. So Kristen Nuss is a professional volleyball player and an excellent one. Her journey from a young athlete with dreams to now achieving bronze in the world championships is remarkable. And do you wanna know why it is especially inspiring for me? and for many other athletes out there too. It's because she is a shorter player in a sport where height really matters. So when I go to play, I sometimes say too that I'm just gonna be Kristen Nuss today. Not that I am, but at least I can try. So I was personally absolutely stoked to have this discussion with her and ask all these questions about how did she become that amazing. So join me as we uncover Kristen's competitive spirit, her journey through various sports, and how those experiences shaped her into the remarkable athlete that she is today. And we also delve into the mental aspects of high-performance sports, handling pressure, and bouncing back from setbacks. So whether you're an athlete, a sports enthusiast, or someone seeking insights into the world of high-performance living, this episode lets you into the world of an athlete who jumped from the college level straight to the world tour. That's so awesome. So let's also jump straight into the conversation and gain those insights from Kristen Ness. So for people who might not know who you are, how would you describe yourself? So I am a professional beach volleyball player. As far as I'm from Louisiana, and I actually still trade in everything in Louisiana, which that kind of means a lot to me because I get to still be at home. But yeah, I would say I'm a very hardworking athlete and just very driven. Once I set my eyes on something, I'm going to do absolutely whatever it takes to accomplish that goal or just anything. Yeah. So I would have guessed just like without even knowing you want to like watching you play, you're so focused on the goals on the rallies, on the volleyball, on the next rally, and also competitiveness. I'm definitely very competitive. I grew up with three older brothers, so everything was just a competition in our house. So for sure carried over. And yeah, I definitely am super focused when I'm in a match. Like, I don't really know like what people are doing in the stands or anything. It's just I am locked in on the point or just the play. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm very, very focused, especially in games and stuff like that. Yeah, awesome. So you mentioned you had three brothers. So did you always play volleyball or what was your first sport? How did you start your sports career? So when I was younger, I did kind of play, I kind of played everything, like whatever was happening at the playground, I played, but soccer was kind of actually my like first 
like sport that I was like, oh my goodness, I love this. Like I was on a travel team. I'm just constantly on weekend going to different tournaments. And then it kind of turned into basketball as I got a little older. Basketball then was like, oh my goodness, I want to I want to play basketball in college. Like that's when I was probably in right before high school, like or even going into my eighth grade freshman year of high school. I was probably like, okay, I want to play basketball in college. Mm -hmm. And then by freshman and sophomore year of high school, it turned into indoor volleyball. And okay. I was like, okay, volleyball, here it is. And then it wasn't until my sophomore, junior year of high school that it beach volleyball, it kind of worked out just the timing of everything because beach was like just becoming double A sport. Like it was all just the timing of everything. And then that is when I just absolutely fell in love with the sport. It was just Per, again, perfect timing. LSU, where I eventually went, was like just starting out their program. And they were just like for local kids. And I just happened to be one of those local kids. But yeah, that's kind of, it's kind of crazy just how I kept just changing like, okay, I want to do this sport. No, I think I can do this sport. And then finally, yeah. but with Beak, I think it all worked out the way I was supposed to. Yeah, I'm sure. It's also, I... I wonder that because beach volleyball is not something that people pick up when they're four. It's very rare to do that. So that it's interesting to always hear like what was the transition phases along the way. So then what do you think about the benefits from playing those different sports? Oh, I think it is crucial. I would encourage all athletes, especially when you're younger, like don't just focus on one sport. I think there's so many different just movements in what you do, like in soccer and basketball. There's just so many things that can just carry over and overlap and not even overlapping just like completely different things that may carry over in whatever sport you eventually end up doing so i'm definitely big on don't focus in on one, one thing and get like super burnt out on that i would urge especially just playing in different teams you're working with different personalities and that kind of carries over in the beach when there's only one other person and you just kind of have to figure it out yeah, definitely would say all athletes play, especially when you're younger, play in whatever sports and just do whatever. Yeah. So did you love beach volleyball right away more than indoor? I I actually did. As soon as, it was like, as soon as I got a taste of it, I was like, okay, this is awesome. Because in my head, I knew playing indoor at 5'6", I was like, I really want to go to a, a D1 school, but I'm like, I'm just going to be a defender or a libero, like never going to be able to hit it. And when beach volleyball came into the scene, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to do, I or not have to, or I get to everything. I have yeah. to be able to pop it. Like, and just something about hitting a volleyball that just gives you so much more adrenaline than say like no. getting a nice pass or a nice dig. So that's really what kind of opened my eyes and was just like, oh my gosh, this, this sport is awesome. Yeah, it is. I agree. I played volleyball indoor as well. And then in the summers, I played beach volleyball. But it was always kind of like that thought of, I will get further in indoor. So the kind of payoff there was bigger. And also, I'm 34 and turning 35. So when I was playing in the summers, it wasn't a big thing. It was more just like a fun thing to do, even though I loved it so much. So I spent all my time on the beach because you, you get to do everything. Yeah. And I think that was so exciting compared to the role as a libero where you might go through a match and touch like three balls. Yeah. And I oh yeah. I love the responsibility. I never took it as like a pressure. So how was it for you now when you got to play and you were involved in every single play? Did you ever feel like there was a pressure 
compared to volleyball, where you can be just had like, you know, divide the responsibility with six people instead of two. I, I like you, I also I loved how you are involved in every single point. As far as the pressure side, I think there's a I think there's a little more pressure when you're the one getting served. When it's like, you know, every single ball is coming your way. Especially if you're struggling, kind of like you said, in indoor, you can't just like in serve receive, someone can't just like cover you up and be like, hey, look, you're not going to pass right now. Like, yeah. And it is that that aspect definitely adds to it a little bit. But I always I love it as just like, a OK, you're going to serve me like, let's go. Like I take it on as like more of a challenge. And there's for sure times where it's like that that confidence will like waver a little bit. Just again, if you like miss a couple points here and there because those two points are very crucial in a short beach volleyball match so i don't know so there definitely is more pressure but it's more of like okay i'm going to take it on as a challenge and like let's let's uh see what you got bring it on yeah so how do you get over those points that's like you just missed two what's your way to like just reset my and it's just in my head it's honestly just one just trusting all of the training that i put in and just keep confidence like no like we've put in the work i've put in the work like we do this every single day at practice a lot of times i'll think back to so we do a lot of our training at a facility called mangoes and say i do lose like two points in a row i'll like think in my head like no we're at mangoes like drew our coach he's he's serving me the ball like i do this all the time every day so it is just falling back on that training and then if anything, it's always just looking at Tara and like, hey, here we go. Like, I got you. And so kind of relying on her a little bit too. But mainly in my head, just being like, no, I put in the work and I'm, I'm meant to be here. Yeah, awesome. I'm hoping all of the young players were also listening to that one. Yes, <laughs> I think that is such an important aspect of the mental training. Not even mental training, but like once you get served a couple balls and you make a mistake, what happens next? Oh, yeah. But it can, you know, like just mess up two balls here and there but like what usually separates great players from good players or average players is like what happens with the third and fourth ball yeah like how do we go from there definitely you can see people that you're like oh i got them like when all of a sudden they're just like yep and they just like cannot get out of that but yeah i for sure see that a lot especially in like the juniors players i think they're still working on that kind of like what we're talking about that pressure of like mm -hmm. oh you to get served every ball and you can't you can't really run away from it yeah um, actually, and i for sure see that a lot in the juniors game but i think it's everyone's just working on it and they're still young and they'll learn yeah exactly and failure is just part of the process i think there have been games also for you when you have been maybe making four mistakes in a row and then not getting yourself out of it and then now you learned now you're getting out of it there's been a lot of failure especially in this past year, I think Tara and I both kind of like really struggled with that. We were like, we're not winning. Like, what is happening? And I think we did take it on as like, oh my goodness, it's like life or death. Like, we just lost this game. Like, the the world is over. And I think we, towards the end of last season, we were like, why are we looking at, at it like this? Like, <laughs> no, we're still the next morning. We're going to wake up. We're going to go live our lives. Like, Yes, it is something that is so important to us, but there is so much more in this world. Like it's, we're playing a game. We're very fortunate that we get to just play this game, but it's not end all be all, and we're gonna we're gonna be okay. I have to be back on from that one because now 
did you think that the game changed or like your mentality about the game and mistakes or losses changed going from college to pro? Yeah, for sure. I think this past, so this past year was our, my first year and Taryn's first year, just completely into the international scene. And that like mental toll just compared to college is just so different. I mean, you're adding in so many different elements. You're then adding traveling just across the world. And I think that's something we both didn't realize even like in the moment, like how mentally challenging it was just to like every game have to be on like no matter what 100% if you're at 80% you're probably gonna lose and that's just like so hard just constantly over and over again and I think that was a big difference between international and just college college there was like a couple games where you may not have to play 100% and you you may still win it's just kind of the difference in level of play so that is something for sure learned last year is just the mental toll and just being more aware of that. And I'm like so excited for this year because I'm like, wow, I'm like so ready now because I actually know what to expect yeah. this year. Yeah. Like how to handle it. So, yeah. Yeah. I do remember the same thing when I, I turned pro indoor and then suddenly like that thing that was my hobby even though it was serious, it was still more like a hobby. And now I get paid for my performance. So then the role of my performance just completely like went through the roof, like in my head, like I needed to be perfect because now I was like, all of these people are paying for me now for my performance. They don't pay for me just to be nice or, you know, like I just kind of like had moment of like that in that first year and especially the first six months of being pro that I don't know how to handle this pressure of like being paid yeah that that much but like more than I normally would so how did you overcome that it's even more di it's like different because in indoor overseas you're you were given like a salary right it was yeah. like yeah this is what you're getting paid whereas in beach it's like you have you have no idea what you're making if you win you're like doing okay but if you go and lose a match, you may not even win, like, win any money. So, like, it really is driven on your performance, how much money you make in this sport. And I think that is kind of another just, like, added thing. And I think Tara and I have been fortunate enough that we've had a bunch of support and a bunch of sponsors that we necessarily, it's never really been a thought in my head of, like, what, if, if we go win this game, how much more money are we going to make or something like that? That's something that ever really even thought about i'm not sure how, how what other beach volleyball players would say to that but it definitely is just kind of it's a very weird concept especially just when you're like talking to like the average person who knows nothing about volleyball yeah. it's so funny just like trying to explain that and they're just like what so. yeah and like actually understanding the mental toll of it too oh yeah like you don't basically cannot have bad days at work because then that's going to cost a lot in, in other ways. So what's your dream always to be pro? Or when did you realize like this might turn into something that I could be pro at it? I think probably junior year of college, I really been like, really thinking, I mean, when I was like younger, I always like, I was just, I always look, looked at professional athletes. I was like, oh my goodness, like I want to, I want to, I want to be you. I didn't know exactly in what sport. So 
I mean, as a kid, I always wanted to be a professional athlete, but I think it was really in my junior year of college is when it kind of just like really hit me. I would just be like watching the AVP and just being like, no, like I really, I really want to be one of them. And then I think it was during the whole like COVID thing, the big COVID thing, <laughs> I really started playing together. Actually, it was October of 2020. We played in a tournament in Tennessee and we actually had played against Kelly Kalinske and Emily Stockman in the <laughs> like small tournament. And it was like bizarre that they were even playing there. And we actually played them in the championship and we won. And it was like, whoa, like we just beat like some people that are like top notch, like, yeah, very good players. And I think in that moment, it was really like, okay, this is for sure something that I want to do. And Taryn actually, it was the same tournament that it clicked for her too, that it was like, okay, we're, we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fantastic word. I love that you have a moment where it, kind of like was crystallized for you. Did you notice that you like something that changed your behavior? You took different actions after that when you knew like, no, this is going to be the dream that I'm now really going to pursue. Was there something that you noticed that, no, that I went harder in practice. I started actually getting sponsors or anything like that, that changed also the way that you behaved or took action? Not really. I think it was a little different just because during that time frame, we still were going back for another college season. We had our like COVID year, so the fifth year and everything I'd always dreamed about winning a national championship. So it was like, no matter what my goal was for being a professional athlete, it was like, I want to win a national championship. So, <laughs> I mean, it changed. It was because I was just even more driven to try and bring a national championship to LSU. But there wasn't anything that I remember just being like, oh, I need to work harder on practice because I, I want to be a professional athlete or I want to do well in AVP. Yeah, nothing really sticks out in my head for that. Yeah, nice. And then I want to ask you, can you separate like what has helped you to already get the success that you have gotten so far? Like what would you say are your keys to actually being that successful? Number one is for sure my coach, Drew Hamilton. He has been with me from my first year at LSU till now. And his brain and just like his view of beach volleyball is just next level. And I everything he says, I'm just like, absorb, Kristen, absorb. <laughs> oh, for sure. He is number one on that list. Number two, I think just like being open to learning different things and... I think it helped me that when I was younger, I didn't have a beach volleyball coach or I didn't really play beach volleyball. So when I got into college, it was just like I was being hit left and right of just like learning different things and everything. I was just like trying to take in. That's something I for sure to all like juniors players and be like, whoever is talking, whatever, just listen and try and absorb, like take little things, even if you don't listen to or you don't do everything that they say, but you could take like small little bits and pieces of it and um, I think that is very crucial and important so I think for sure Drew number one number two is just being open and then number three would just be putting the work like you gotta you got driven and uh, 
There are definitely going to be some days where you wake up and you're like, oh, do I want to go do this workout? Do I want to go to practice? And the answer may be no, but you're still going to go. Yeah. Still got to get them. And then once you're there, you're like, okay, I'm so glad I, I made it here, but definitely put in the work. Yeah. Awesome. So what drives you in those moments? What, what do you tap into in order to get yourself to the gym when you don't feel like it? I think Taryn. So we we live together. We are constantly going, we work out together, we go to practice together. So it's almost like an accountability thing. Like it goes back and forth. Like when I'm like, oh, man, I am really feeling, I like my legs are heavy. Like I don't want to go to the gym, but then you see Tara and like tying up her shoes and she'd go and you're like, all right, well, she's going, I got to go. <laughs> so it's, and we've actually talked about a lot. We're like, man, tennis players, I don't know how they do it. Cause it is impressive that it's just by themselves, they go do it. Because we really do rely on each other as that accountability factor. I mean, it goes it goes back and forth again as far as like maybe there it's like Tara and he's like today I'm just like I'm not feeling it. I'm like all right let's go like and I'm I'm bringing bringing the energy so it definitely helps to have your partner in that in that role. Yeah, makes sense. Accountability is huge, and I think sometimes accountability as a word has a bad rep that it's like so super disciplined. Yeah negative but no it can also just be that like your friend supporting you yeah i <laughs> and on college teams i think as the like leaders on the team i think holding the younger players accountable is like super important to a successful team so i i'm big on accountability yeah and i know this is probably something that comes up like a lot with you is your height and i want to first of all just prefix preface this that I don't want to make this about your height because I think you're a phenomenal athlete and it doesn't have anything to do with your height. But I do want to know that, like, what would you say to people who are short and maybe are now up to you and like, how did you made it? I, um, it's funny. Obviously, yes, height is for sure a, a big thing. Even when I'm at these tournaments, I like look around and I'm like, man, I am. <laughs> but when I was growing up, I would watch the AVP and it's, it's so funny because I would see like Misty May and I would immediately go like Google like how tall she was and I'm like man five nine shoot I would I never just saw someone who was like five six and I think for all athletes out there the thing for me I was just like I'm gonna go like write my own script like I don't really care what other people are doing or what other people may look like I I'm confident in myself in my game I'm gonna go kind of break the stigma or just yeah just kind of rewrite the script and I think that's always been something in my head and just like it also gives another little like added motivation to I probably don't even need more but just <laughs> a little more added motivation of like oh no like no one else is doing this in my head like let's go I go do this and I think even when I started this thing I've always like I think something that is really important to me is inspiring others like I mm-hmm. I getting the messages on Instagram or just texts of like from parents or even kids who are like, man, my daughter was watching you and she's really made me want to like pursue this dream. And I'm just like, oh man, that just like really makes my heart happy. But I think there's a lot. And when I step on the court that I'm like, no, I'm thinking about all these like five, sixers and under who are watching me right now. I'm going to go show them that it's possible. So that's kind of always been another mindset of mine. Yeah, and it almost sounds like what I'm hearing that it's actually an advantage. Yeah, 
it's not a disadvantage for you at all. I think that's the source of a motivation and also probably makes you work harder in some ways and guessing that also developing some skills to be like absolutely top notch. No question about it. Or what do you think? Yeah, I think that's funny how you say it like that. I've never actually looked at it like that, but that is 100% true. Cool. So then if you, what are some skills when you knew like, okay, other people are way taller than me. So how did you start like developing that? Like, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to write my own script. Did you start with like, I need to improve my vertical or my shots need to be just so good or reading the game? Did you have certain blocks that you put together like one by one or? Definitely. Again, I give all credit to my coach. He for sure had me in like different levels and he just knew what I needed to do to be able to succeed at the next level. So it was just one just from the beginning like passing if you're a shorter player and you don't pass the ball forward it's going to be really hard to score at a high level so literally the fundamental thing of just having a good platform and good serve receive and then obviously it kind of builds on that like so vision and then yeah being able to hit every shot in the book is kind of important from like no matter matter where you are in the court, you kind of have to be able to hit any spot. So it does, it really does in practice and everything. It almost like you're, you're striving to be perfect, which is at time very hard because they I play with, she's six, four, she can probably get away with some of these things not being able to do. So it really does make you strive for being perfect, but definitely passing and then being able to hit every shot in the book. Those are for sure. Hey, let's take a 60-second break from this episode because if you want to do better in your sport but find it challenging to block out the distractions, maybe handle the pressure, or stay focused on what truly matters, the present moment, not other people's opinions, or the previous rally, or what you're going to eat later tonight. If any of that sounded like you, I've got something for you. I want to give you an exclusive training session that I did this fall, and you'll be learning how to silence the external noise and laser focus on what's important, you and your performance. So I will be diving into the techniques that will allow you to improve your mental focus and resiliency so you can be more consistent. Because isn't that the dream? If I could just perform at a better level more consistently? Well, improving your focus is such a big part of that, so don't miss out on this opportunity. Go grab the free training through the link in the show notes, or you can also go to the website bit.ly forward slash athlete focus. So it's bit.ly forward slash athlete focus. See you there. At the top of the list of what you want to be able to do as a shorter player. Yeah. And how do you deal with that perfectionism? It doesn't hurt you. Do you have any ways to go about that? I think a big thing, like I said, last year mentally, it was just like, whoa, I got like rocked. And I think it was, I would go into matches and it would say be a team that I'm like, oh, I know they're going to pull a ton on me. And it, and I'm like, I know I'm going to get served. I know they're going to pull. And I would like change my game a little bit. And I was like, afterwards, I'd be like, why did I do that? Like, I wasn't doing anything that I normally do or have been like trained to do. 
And I think that was so much what I learned last year was like, no, trust your game. Like if if you lose, it's gonna it's gonna be because they played well. It's not gonna be because you I changed my game and was like, I'm gonna go spike every ball. Mm-hmm. I rarely spike balls and more I shoot. Mm-hmm. So it was like that, that mentally was like an aha moment, which sounds like so like, oh, that sounds easy. But it really was just like, oh my goodness. Why I don't need to change my game. Again, if I'm gonna lose, it's because they're playing really well. I'm not gonna just give them points left and right. So that was yeah, it's that was a weird again, like aha moment at the end of last season. Yeah, but that's a very cool perspective shift. Just like where do you look at it from? What can either like bring you down a little bit and start doubting yourself or it can just actually make you feel more empowered. So thanks for sharing that. I think that's something that will resonate with a lot of people who are watching this. Definitely. Like last year, there was doubt. I was like, can like, is this really like possible? And then I was like, what are you thinking, Kristen? Like, come on. Yeah. So. So would you say then that the, like you mentioned a couple of times, the mental toll of like becoming a pro and that first season was mentally pretty hard. That was that kind of like your hardest mental struggle so far or has there been something else that was even harder? to overcome for sure i've always been like growing up and everything very mentally strong so i never even like as far as like training like mental toughness or something like that i never really like did any of that but last year for sure it was just you can't really train or even like yeah tell us to expect as your, your first year like on the international tour it's just kind of like you just gotta jump both feet in and see what happens so i think for sure that last last year, especially towards the end of the season when it was just like over and over again, traveling just to a different country, just like constantly, that for sure took a toll. And that was for sure probably the hardest like mental challenge that I'd ever been faced with. Yeah. So how did you overcome that? That's kind of what I was talking about, just being like, because there was for sure some doubt and then it was time. I think it really, really hit me and in our tournament in Cape Town, South Africa, we lost in the quarterfinals and I was just so angry. I was, I just wanted to throw things. I was just so incredibly angry. And it was after I like calmed down a little bit from that tournament and it was in that game, I knew I was going to get served and I was just doing things that I had never done before. And again, it was after that tournament and after I had calmed down, I was like, why would I change my game? Like, it has got far. Like, what am I, like, why? And it was just like, uh, huh, that's it. Yeah, I'm going to look at it like that. Like, no, I'm going to go play my game. And again, if they're going to win, it's because they played very well. I didn't do just things that I've never done before. So that that Cape Town tournament was a for sure just like flip of the switch like okay here we go nice sometimes it can be just like one situation that just for some reason opens our eyes to something yeah <laughs> and that's it it's, it's like crazy and I'm, I'm a big believer in just everything happens for a reason and the way it's supposed to so it's just like oh wow yeah we were supposed to lose this game and I was I had this realization and now I'm going to be better for it perfect yeah yeah exactly so how do you usually deal with losses 
I have definitely. So since that, I have for sure gotten significantly better of just like not overthinking things, just going into just like the small, simple little things. And I think back to my coaches really helped us with that. Like Tara and I will like after a game be like, man, we should have done this, this, and this. Like, and we didn't do this, this, and this. And he's like, look, you didn't do this and this. And that's why you lost. And we're like, and then you like go, you like, I'm like, what are you saying? And then you're like, wow, yeah, he was right. And it's like these like two little things that you're just like, oh, that makes sense. So I think just like simplifying things for sure and not trying to like, again, just change everything about our game. That's been the difference in beginning of last year to even say now. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned that you don't or you did not work on your mental toughness or you think that as a junior, because you were probably good at it anyways. But do you do now something for it? Um, We've actually been talking with a sports psychologist who has been like super helpful and just like makes you think about things that you like wouldn't normally think about, especially when you're in just like the heat of the moment and in high level competition. So it's been super nice, just both Tara and I just like, figuring out how to help each other in those times when it may not be going great. So I would encourage all athletes to speak to a sports psychologist and just, even if everything is going great, I still think it's good just to develop a relationship with them and just get to talk with them. And they really will, they they will bring about things that you didn't even think about. (laughs) Really, really important, especially for our build up to the Olympics, because obviously there's going to be a lot of pressure there or even just in this race. So it's just kind of talking about it now. Yeah, I, I do agree. And I, I loved having a sports psychologist just because like I had somebody outside of my normal circle that could like, yeah. Yeah. First of all, it's like talk with me about things that I didn't think that I was able to talk with anybody else. But then like understanding like she is coming from the outside and she doesn't have anything to do with the team or the performance. So it was just like more, I don't know, a healthy way to discuss about things when there was no attachments to anything like another sponsors or to coaches or like none of that was there. Well, safe, a safe place. Yeah, exactly. And then I wonder like, you said you learned a lot, but has there been something that you learned also about yourself, either like through that sports psychologists or just overall beach volleyball in the last couple of years? Um, I think something, I think it's just that, honestly, that like confidence in yourself. It's just like you have to have that to be an elite athlete. And yeah. I think something that I have learned, I mean, I don't, I, definitely not one to like show it but in my head I think you have to like have that positive self-talk and just like constantly building yourself and that's thing that realized like in games especially it's like as soon as those like negative thoughts come through or that like doubt you're like no bye get that out of here yeah that's something I've noticed more over the past years yeah I I do agree with that a lot because I think also just like having a negative thought makes your makes you just like perform differently so it's not only just like you feel bad about it but it's also like you then take like a little bit maybe like more careful swing after that because it's kind of like well I'm not quite sure if I'm capable of doing this and then it slows down your arm and that's it that might be the difference already at that point as well as the role that where you play 
Yeah, it's kind of like as soon as you get like safe with the shot, yeah, or, or toast, like you got you got to go for it. Yeah. So, and you mentioned that you do want to have that confidence. So, how do you build your confidence? What is it consisted of? Um, I think just the self talking, really, just like trusting the training, those two things, and just kind of building up to that and like realizing when it gets like negative in your head. I think that's important to like realize and kind of like pay attention to. And then just, I think it's different for everyone figuring out like how to then get that out of your head. But for me, it's like, I all I like talk to myself. Like I'm like, Kristen, what do you like? So things like that is kind of what I, what I do. Yeah. Nice. Thanks for sharing that. I also love, like you exactly shared the, like once you have a thought and then just questioning it, almost like having it's because it sounds so stupid, like have a discussion with it, yeah. but just asking like, is this really true? Is one of the, like my favorites, whenever there's like something stupid coming in and then be like, is this true? No, then I can let it go because it's like, this is like, once I answer to it, like I understand how ridiculous it is. Yeah. That I don't have to listen to something that is saying something or someone who's saying something that ridiculous about me, <laughs> you know? No, I can still that. Literally like having a conversation with yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it sounds kind of crazy, but at the same time, that's what we're doing anyways all the time. So it's not that crazy. And then I wondered if there's anything that you would have done differently in your career so far, because everything has gone pretty well, which is really great. But has there been anything when you look back, like, I wish at that point I would have done something a little differently? There's the only thing, and this is like very small. I wish as playing in tournaments last year, I wish we would have played in Hamburg in between the Atlanta and Manhattan Beach Open last year. It was just, we were like, oh, it's the gold series. Like we're just gonna, we're gonna go do that instead of playing Atlanta, flying to Hamburg, then flying back to Manhattan Beach. And that is something that both Tara and I were like, man, we should have, we should have went and played in Hamburg. And that's just like a small thing of just like playing in the tournament or not. But that is thing like, so another added thing to beach volleyball, like a stressor of like planning your schedule and like deciding what tournament to go to and which one to not go to. But for last year, that's one thing. That's like the only thing that I would say I wish we would have done. I really don't have don't have any don't have any regrets and yeah i'm happy with how things have turned out thus far yeah yeah me too <laughs> you. so do you like the european tournaments better do you have any preferences like where do you play for example i mean if if i could i would love to play in a bunch of avps i mean i love traveling and playing just in the domestic tournaments However, obviously, I love also seeing the world. That is something being a beach volleyball player, my eyes have really been open to. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I love travel. Like, I love just seeing all the different cultures and everything. Yeah. But as far as just, like, deciding which tournaments it really is, especially this year, is just everything is kind of dependent on the Olympic qualification race. So it's just like, yeah, what are going to help us for that? And that's the international ones. So this year we'll definitely be focused more internationally but i mean if i if i could just pick i would for sure have a balance of the two because i love playing domestically but then also just travel the world and seeing all these cool places is also something it's very much a perk of the job yeah 
even though the traveling is probably very hard. Yeah. Something that I just cannot even like if, even though like we did travel as well like in indoor but it's different when you don't have to like jump across like different time zones that's that much because yeah. that would like completely i don't know change the way that i would play as well because it's so hard it is it is different that's for sure the getting there and getting back terrible but once you're there you're like oh this is great yeah so who are right now in your team like when you're traveling do you have just like you Tara, and your coach or is there somebody else or some other people that are also traveling with you and helping you out? This past year was just Tara and I. We didn't even we didn't have a coach that came with us. However, USA volleyball, depending on which tournament you're at, they'll typically provide some sort of like provider, either like a physical therapist, a chiropractor, a trainer. So that's nice that they'll they'll provide that and we don't have to bring someone. But our first event this year in Doha, we did end up bringing a coach with us. So hopefully in these international tournaments, we will have a coach coming with us. But before, yeah, it was just Tara and I just taking on the world. Yeah. <laughs> and that must be different. Or how did you like it? Like now when you did not have coach with you in those international tournaments, what do you I, think the difference was? I honestly don't, I don't think there was a huge difference. I feel like Tara and I have always and we're both people that are very just like independent and I feel like we can like just get stuff done so it was kind of it's honestly like we don't necessarily like need to have the coach there and that's something that our coach Drew has really instilled in us because he's in international play and your coach can't be with you on the sideline yeah. saying it during the matches so honestly they're just there to really like warm you up and stuff before matches other than that they're really isn't necessarily a need in my eyes so they're really i don't think we honestly don't like our coach this year is literally just coming just to warm us up and that is made our warm-ups are better for sure so that's kind of the only perk of it but yeah i don't know obviously people would say very different things i'm sure i think we're just the unique in that way well everybody is different and I think what I love about that is like, I remember Mary Wise talking about his indoor volleyball coach, I think in Florida. And she was saying how oftentimes females are being micromanaged by their coaches because there is, is that like that we often look to the bench and like, okay, what should we do in this situation? And we are looking for that, like either validation or some kind of like information that the coach would give us. And then oftentimes male coaches will want to give that even more than females. So then... I do love the aspect of like, you can just teach yourself to coach yourself. And the coach's role doesn't need to be just like giving super detailed feedback after every single poll. Yeah. It can also just be like warming up. And then you're going to be talking about the game, obviously afterwards, but it doesn't need to be like within the game necessarily, like changing your technique or talking about, you know, the wind necessarily. Yeah. I mean, they literally team in international play. Yeah. The coach cannot anything while you're in the game. And I think that was for sure a big difference. And you'll see even in indoor players when they come over to beach, I feel like they all, they every indoor player is always looking for like, <laughs> play. they're looking for like something. Like, oh, whether like someone's telling you, oh, that was a good hit or hey, no, you need to do this or this. And it's just, it's a different dynamic. Yeah, it definitely is. Cool. So... Then I'm going to ask you about your dreams right now. Like, where are you right now with beach volleyball? And yeah, what are the dreams? At the top, for 
for sure is Paris 2024. That's something Tara and I have been talking about for the past couple of years now. And it is kind of crazy that the qualification is like happening right now. I think it's still just like, it's like here right now. So that is at the top. And then once getting there, winning that gold medal. So those are the two top, top two goals. And I think they'll forever be the top two goals. But other than that, it really is just like a smaller thing. It's just like constantly striving for each of us to get better and just become the best athletes that we can be, the best beach volleyball players that we can become. And I think working on that, whether it's literally making our serves harder or just like little things like that, we're trying to find that little 1% that can just really elevate our game. And it's very difficult to find (laughs) 1%, but every day in practice, yeah, we just go and with those two end goals in mind, just really go and get after it and try to get better. Amazing. I cannot wait to like watch your journey there. Can you share anything like what is that 1% better that you're training right now? Or would you rather, if you would rather keep it like outside of Instagram, you're totally fine. You can say no. No, I would say for me, this is as a defender, my left hand when I, like diving just my touch on my right side is so much better. So for me right now, it's literally just making the ball better with my left hand or just like constantly getting good touches with my left hand, which is like, again, it's such like a small little thing. But yeah, that's right now, just really focusing on like every dive, every touch with my left hand is is solid. Yeah, getting it just more like same same control than you have with the right. I definitely have the same problems <laughs> with that. Like I, I might get the date, but it's kind of like, okay, it's yeah. somewhere. And then with right, you feel like you just cannot control it. Like it's just easier than also for the next one to set in and so on. So make yeah. perfect sense. I'm just glad yeah. to hear that somebody else is struggling with that too. <laughs> and then two more questions and then I'm going to let you go. What are the most common struggles that you see athletes have in? And I think you can also answer this from the university level or in the pro world, or you went, you can separate it if you want. I think is that the mental toughness. There are some athletes you like know when you step on the court, you're like, okay, if we can just get a couple points off with them, they're they're gonna go down. They're gonna go downhill. Yeah. And you can just see it in their face and their body language. And I think that's just across the board from down to juniors to top level athletes i mean i think even top level athletes still struggle with that so for the just the mental toughness is something that i see a lot yeah i think that's a good point to say that it's not only like in the junior levels that you see it but it's like but and i think michael joe said it also very well like everybody chokes but then the ones who are on the top just choke just a little less yeah just knowing like the problem will always be there it just really comes down to like finding the ways that you can manage it the best so that it, it doesn't hinder you when you're in that situation where you really need to perform at your best. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I feel like there, especially right now, there's so many documentaries coming out of these like top athletes that really are showing that it is the mental side is very important and very hard. Yeah, agreed. So then what do you think athletes should focus more on or could focus more on in your opinion? like just in general or like top athletes let's go top athletes top athletes 
I think something, this is like very work specific in beach volleyball, yeah. but um, something that at, for like sponsors and everything, we have to like create our own content and like put ourselves out there. So I think for beach volleyball players, it's honestly just like being more vulnerable, like on screen and everything like that, because that's how our sport's going to grow when we get people invested and really wanting to follow a specific person or something like that. And if we want the sport to grow, we really do just have to keep putting more and more content and putting more like real content out there. And I think that'll help grow the sport. What a cool answer. <laughs> I did not expect that. That's amazing. I do agree because I think now I don't even want to go through like my opinion about this, but, but what I have been talking a lot with athletes lately and also beach volleyball athletes, a lot of them want to be pro, but then creating the financial situation that you can be pro is really hard. But I would see like something like that would also benefit everybody across the board. So what a answer. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I just really want to see the sport grow and I do, I think it's all about Obviously, in this social media social media world right now, we really do just have to put ourselves out there and just let it take off from there. Yep. So thanks for doing it. You're definitely like walking the talk right now, <laughs> finding the time to do the Instagram live with me. I don't know how many months I've been trying to get it. So I really want to thank you for doing this with me. And I've been super excited to chat with you. Is there anything else that we didn't cover that you would like to end with? I mean, going off of the social media thing, I would say go check out our TKN YouTube channel. <laughs> we post some videos here and there. We actually just put out one last night. But yeah, go check it out and let us know your thoughts. And then I would just say for all, especially like younger athletes, go write your own story. Go make it happen. Put in the work and it'll all, it'll all pay off. Oh my God, that was amazing. Love that last sentence over there just creating your own story i loved it thank you so much krishna for finding the time to do this i wish you everything the best and i will definitely keep following you and just probably dming you again like what a great match because i love following you so yeah all the best to you Taryn, and thanks again for finding the time no thank you thanks for having me i appreciate it and that's a wrap for this episode of the Aspiring High Performers podcast. I hope you found today's conversation as inspiring as I did. And please remember that achieving more does not have to come at the expense of your well-being or happiness anymore. So before we part ways, I want to share two important things with you. One, if today's conversation resonated with you, if it reinforced that thought of what could be possible for you, then consider becoming part of the community. So please subscribe to the podcast and take a moment to leave a review. Your feedback means the world to me, honestly, and it helps me continue bringing you valuable content. Secondly, as we venture forward on this journey, I invite you to join our exclusive WhatsApp group, absolutely free of charge. Here you'll find a community of like-minded individuals, all driven by similar dreams and desires, and we can make reaching that next level just a little bit easier when we are surrounded by support and shared aspirations. And lastly, thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of today's episode. So until next time, stay driven and go master the day because you might just be closer to your goals than you think.